welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast, spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy, and I'm Laura. Hello, dear listeners. Hi. We're returning for another episode of Turns Out She's Psychic. Mm-hmm. That's pretty obvious, really. Mm. Tosp. I need to stop saying that, really. <laughs> Why? What happens know. if people aren't um, chronological listeners? Well. This could be their first episode they stumble across. Hi, new listeners. Hi, new listeners. And um, you would have recognised the show from its cool intro that everyone else listens to, but we don't listen to before we start an app. No. We should do that. What? That would be fun. Just listen to our intro. <laughs> Which one's your favourite intro of all of the um, Turns Out Network podcasts? They're they're all different, but I really like Matt's guitar at the end of Turns Out It's Haunted. Me too. It's my favourite. It's it's rad. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I just play it over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in love with it. Yeah. But they're all good. Like the which one's so folksy and and like perfect for that. Mm -hmm. And then when the turns out she's psychic, like when we made that one, well, when Matt made that one, ages ago now. It brings back memories. It was It kind of takes us back to a time. It's like listening to old school music. Yeah, because I was like, Matt, I'd really like this and I'd really like that. And then at the very end I want it to just be like a guitar shred to like cut out all the wish-washy stuff. Yeah. And he he just did it. It was so cool. It's like our podcast epitomised in music before we even really knew what the podcast was going to turn out like. Sets the scene mm-hmm. pretty perfect. Mm. It's a bit jarring too, like when the guitar cuts in because it's I love pretty that. loud because it's like semi-deaf and always has that stuff really loud. So it's I love it though. Everything about it's so good. Yeah. We're so blessed to have Matt be so <laughs> talented. Gifted. Hey, he's he gifted. Might. He's gifted. <laughs> gifted and talented. Did you like how I did that? <laughs> oh, you can just weave in last episodes into this one. It's uh-huh. good. Uh-huh. So if you haven't listened in chronological order, suck eggs. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's okay. (laughs) I'm here for that. It's all good. Whatever floats your boat. Clearly I'm not. No. Uh, Clearly. Clearly. Rules, rules, rules. What are we talking about today? Well, I thought it's going to sound really silly and when I floated the idea by you had a little bit Mm -hmm. of a chuckle as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Because sometimes I find it a little bit dis discombobulating when you're doing discombobulated when you know you're doing the work and you're doing this that and the other and you know you're following the signs and then you're like what else is there left to do and what else can I do and I guess what I'm trying to say is when how do you know when it's time to stop and just wait to let things happen Mm -hmm. and the second part of that is what do you do when you stop and wait? Like, what can you do when you're not doing anything? <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> I wish everyone could see that look on your face right now. She just dumped a huge contradiction and yes. you it's just, just you discombobulated bubble. me. Yes. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> That's rare. But I thought if I had these thoughts mm-hmm. and sometimes, you know, I, sometimes I sit more comfortably in that space and I'm okay with just... Mm. You know, I'm okay with leaving everything up in the air and other times not so much. Is it impatience? Oh, that leads a lot to it. But I think sometimes, you know, you do the work, do the work, stand back and then it's like, okay, I'm going to stand back now. But then it's like five seconds later, right, now what? I'm bored. Yeah, so used to doing, doing, doing and how do you not do? How do you just stop? What do you do to stop? I guess, to help yourself stop okay. rather than, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's anyway. a few different layers in there. So yes. let's unpack those. Let's do that. <clears throat> so Take it from the top, Tracy. So uh, first of all, like understanding divine time yes. is crucial in the waiting, holding pattern, stalemate kind of situation because mm-hmm. there's – like if you were a client of mine, there'd be a few different things that I would be looking at, first of all, to see whether or not you actually are at the point where you should be sitting mm. back and waiting for divine time to unveil and reveal. That's a good point. It's individual. It is because sometimes people are self-sabotaging 
and yes. they haven't really done everything there is to do. What they're doing is just what they feel comfortable having pushed themselves to do or maybe um, feel comfortable because it's just what their knowledge and they're not willing to push themselves further. Yeah. And sometimes the universe is saying, well, we're going to make you feel energetically restless and uncomfortable because what got you to where you've always gotten isn't going to get you to where you want to go and you're going to have to push yourself a little bit. <laughs> right. uh, it's yeah. like if we use exercise, it's probably the best kind of analogy. Um, when you think about um, like being able to lift a heavier weight or run a further distance, you're going to have to to lift a further uh, uh, like a, a heavier weight, you're going to have to go up in increments and you're going to have to get stronger. So you're going to have to build muscle, which is a, it's really difficult to build muscle. You know, it's, it's a really long time that you have to be consistent and disciplined and focused on the end goal, the long-term goal as opposed to the short-term goal. And there's a lot of short-term pain for long-term gain. Um, and even for running, you know, you're going to every, every time, if you want to run a marathon and say you've done a half marathon and now you want to do a full marathon, you're going to have to, you know, take the time it's needed to build up your cardiovascular endurance, um, your recovery. It's doubling the the it is. And so to think that you can get away with just doing what you've always done and expect things to arrive or changes to occur or opportunities to appear, it's um, it's ignorant and it's naive. And mm-hmm. quite often in a spiritual journey, it's more the, the fact that they're just unaware that they need to be doing extra to get different or to yeah. get more. Yeah. Okay. Rather than being lazy, it's just slightly yeah. Dis- not disillusioned. Can't think of the naive, word right really. Yeah. It's yeah. just kind of what you don't know. You don't know until yep. you know. Yeah. So quite often when people are like, "Well, I don't know what else to do," mm-hmm. you've got to kind of backtrack a little bit and think, "Okay, well, what is it that you're actually wanting?" Yeah. And is what you're expecting to happen is this level of happiness and harmony and fulfillment. If that's what you're after, then let's have a think about what you're doing that you think equals the deserving of that. And maybe not the deserving in terms of the heart deserving, but more the energetic deserving because they're two very different things. Like we can, yeah, yeah, like we can mean well, we can really want something and it can come from the most pure of intent and we can think that we deserve it because we're a good person and we've tried really hard and we've done all the things and we've ticked yeah. all the boxes and we've passed all the tests. Why aren't I getting what it is that I want? Yeah. Sometimes it's not that simple. And other times, um, other times on the journey through what you thought you wanted or what you thought would be fulfilling isn't and the universe is actually trying to get you to look at something that you're just not seeing something else yeah so there's so many things that go into what do I do when there's nothing else to do yeah or when you think when you think there's nothing else to do yeah Yeah. you've got to put that in yeah Mm -hmm. and that's why we have teachers and mentors and guides and That's why we collaborate with other people in our lives that are on spiritual journeys because we, we never know, like we will always know more together than we will on our own. We will always have an uh, opportunity to learn and to grow and to expand when we share. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important. Like I talk quite often about being quite solitary in my spiritual journey. It just means that for me, I select individual people rather than go and sit in a circle and a group of people that are at the same level as me and share. I sit in rooms where I am the dumbest person in the room. And I don't (laughs) like that term, but you know, like I am seeking the knowledge. I'm the baby in the room. Yeah. That's where you're likely to take that class or seek that assistance is when you have something to learn. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so whenever, um, whenever we get to that point where you're talking about, um, 
that's that's one side of the questioning, especially as a usually as the teacher or the mentor or the guide, yeah. as the not the baby in the room, they're the kind of questions and they're the kind of things that I'm looking at when someone comes to me with that statement perfect in, or yep. in that realm of statements. Yeah. Um, and establishing, you know, like we in my when I'm coached, especially around the areas that I choose to be coached with, uh, the first question that we that we usually get asked is what's your definition of success and what's your definition of fulfillment? Because they're two completely different things, obviously. Uh, but you've got to know your destination. You've got to know your North Star, your end point, your, your end. It's got to be clear. It's got to be very clear. You've got to have clarity. Otherwise, the universe can't deliver to you what that what that thing is because you're it's foggy or you're in the valley, or you're you're standing over there when you need to be over here. And it might just be a matter of tweaking a few teeny tiny little things, not completely throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Um, and in the Riv Boot Camp, I teach, um, you know, one of my, I, I teach the concept of the nine questions. Yes. And one of those questions is pivot or change. And quite often, like where what you're saying, it's a matter of just pivoting a teeny tiny bit to look at maybe just even a perspective shift, which is what I love doing. Like I love being the perspective shifter. Like seeing that penny drop. Yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorite things to do um, because it a second can change people's lives. Yeah. Like just one teeny tiny light bulb moment, yeah. and everything changes and all is not lost there's correct and so much that mm-hmm. still counts <laughs> yeah so last week I had um and you don't know about this but last week I had an emergency um pop up with um a client that I wasn't a client prior to the emergency but through divine synchronicity and um our paths being able to be connected I had the blessing of uh having an emergency call with someone overseas uh, who was uh, suicidal. Shyster. Yeah. And they listened to our episode. Pardon? Our episode. Was that some sort of trigger? No. Had nothing to do with it. It just happened to be a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But um, this person was – so their parent, their mother – this person's an adult but their mother – is someone that I was in contact with for a completely unrelated situation. And um, I spent an hour and a half with this person at ungodly hours of the morning last week um, and was able to, and it's not me, like I know this is that gift thing. Um, I know that I am the conduit, the messenger, the light um, but I was able to deliver to this person a simple perspective shift, which really is simple, but it completely changed the trajectory for this person. And I'm seeing that person today as well after we record. Oh, that's so nice. And I'll be seeing this person frequently for a little while. But It's a matter of also thinking about like the solutions to a problem and realizing that the solutions that have always been available have never solved that problem before. So sometimes it's just putting yourself in a spot where you're exposed to different perspectives, different solutions that you would, and this is that collaboration factor that you would never, or the people around you would never have thought as a consideration because maybe it's just not something that they've ever seen or heard before. So it's about thinking of when I am sitting in a state of, well, there's nothing else to do. It's about thinking, okay, well, this is actually an opportunity potentially, especially if nothing's happening, this is a potentially an opportunity for the unit that the universe is trying to give me to do something different. So I get something different. So it's actually a time to be really curious. Yeah. I so, love that word. Yeah. Curious. So in those times where you want to do nothing to stop doing nothing, but, but it's a nothing. So yeah. like you, you want to do nothing and the point of it is doing nothing. That's when it's a time to be curious. That's when it's a time to just ask questions, to discover, to explore, 
um, to get creative as well because we need to give the universe an opportunity to give us some input to receive. So we have to think about moving our bodies in different ways. So when it's time to do nothing but do something to Mm -hmm. do nothing, it's about you know, maybe stretching, um, just more meditation, but a different type of meditation, music, drawing, writing, um, singing, dancing, walking, just things that create flow Mm -hmm. so that we're able to move energy. Because if, when we're in a, like a waiting zone or a holding pattern or a stalemate, um, we, it's because, um, we've created almost like a, an energy, uh, it's like a storm that's not a, st- well, I, I'm trying to describe, um, <clears throat> it's like a, an, um, a pathway of energy and it just keeps walk- walking back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it's just taking the same route all the time. And what we need to do is create like a little scenic route for the energy to take in order for something different to happen. Because the restlessness that you're feeling in that doing nothing, what more is there to do, Some we can sit nicely in that and we can rest and we can just go deeper into our practices, which is normally what happens. But when you have that restlessness, mm, it's that yeah. signal to just go, okay, this is think about that restlessness more as an energetic buildup that's getting into a dead end and it doesn't want to be in a dead end and it just keeps it stuck at the bottom of the dead end going around and around and around and what it really wants to do is shoot out the street and go exploring. Yeah, makes sense. So if you're in that nothingness, that what more is there to do and you're restless about it, do something different, ask questions, get curious, explore, create, be... You know, tap into that um, sacral area, that real creative energy and that intimacy energy where we can either go deeper or we can go exploring. And then if you're not restless, then how do you do nothing? It's just going deeper or it's literally surrendering mm. and just to, to divine time and believe, and trusting and having faith that the universe um, knows the divine time and divine order. In my book, in the beginning, I, I needed to, I didn't need to, but I read it the, um, the beginning introduction to someone the other day to, as a teaching tool. And um, I had said in there about, I trust, I have full trust in the oneness that there is a divine order and a divine time that, that, that works in a, in a beautiful sort of synergy. And when we feel that time should equal something, it's because we're not respecting and having faith in the divine order and divine time will ensure the divine order unfolds exactly as it should. So often we're impatient because we, we, our ego says, no, this should be happening now. We're placing our own time frame on it. Yeah. And that's judgment, Mm. um, not acceptance. expectations that yeah. just aren't going to be mm. realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something like personally I struggle with quite a lot in society in general, especially over the last few years. It's really difficult for me to get um, to get kind of on not mm, to – I understand it and I accept it, but it's really difficult for me to get invested might be a good word. I don't know yet, but maybe you can help me. But like if you're impatient with something, it's really hard for me to be empathetic about your impatience Yeah, because I am so in acceptance of divine time and divine order. You have that understanding. Yeah. Whereas... It's really don't most. Don't. It's easy to forget as well. Yeah, it's uh, yeah for me. It's just quite for you. Conscious. It's, not. it's like, a yeah. Full it's just a faith. way of life. Yeah, exactly. Um, but for you, you would need mm. to be deliberate and oh, intentional. And, yeah, and on a good day, easy. But yeah. you don't need it on a good day. Mm-mm. It's when you've had a shit week mm. and you're like, well, at the start of the week or last week, it was great, but I've had like a plethora of shit served to me on a platter, mm-hmm. and now. Now what? Well, but the <laughs> you know, thing is, yeah. You know, that was 
yeah, pretty exactly. disgusting analogy. But what you're – I loved it though because I got the best visual and you know I'm a visual person. So I'm staring at a plethora of shit right now that yes. you've been handed in a, in a few days. It's on a silver tray. Yeah, yeah. I, that's exactly Beautiful. what I was seeing yeah. and it's got like um, like garnishing around it. Oh, lovely. <laughs> it's much more fancy than what I was picturing. For some reason my garnishing is like seaweed though. Anyway. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> you're weird. Um, so – um, that's when you need it and yeah, when you're le- least likely. But mm. here's a head spin and a bit of mind fuckery oh, for you. please. We're all here for this. What I know is that what you got, like that tray, that plethora of shit with the garnishing, it's been delivered to you from what you were thinking last week, not from the what you're doing today. Lapse. Yeah. Yep. It could even be yesterday or a month ago. It could be a collective of shit being served to you on a silver platter. Sure. Um, and so you're trying to deal with the shit today yeah. from a frequency that you had a month ago. That's so confusing. Until, that until it's not. Think, that would lead you to think that what you're currently doing mm-hmm. is causing Correct. shit storm. Well, it depends. That's why if when you're in the current moment, in the present moment, mm-hmm. if you can be present and conscious and deliberate as to how you spend the current moment, yes. thoughts, feelings and and physical. You're not going to have that shit play correct. from a month ago. So when you're sitting in a holding pattern or a stalemate and you're getting restless, what you're doing is creating future restless or future dis-ease, future discombobulation Yep. Um, in the matrix going mm. further forward. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So you will behave in response to and react to what's happening right now if it's shit. Yeah. But I know that a week earlier when you were getting restless in your ordering, yeah. that you were basically placing an order for the universe to say, can I have a pile of shit delivered on a silver platter <laughs> next week on Thursday, please? Right when I don't have the frequency to be intentional and deliberate and consciously present about it. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is why I find it difficult to get on board people's drama in the now or people's shit shows and silver platter shit orders. Yep. I find it really difficult to be in that present moment with them because I know it is not their present moment that is happening right now. It is their past moment and their present self is trying to deal with their past self and they're not getting it. So it's really don't like, get it. Yeah. no, like I see so much more and it's really, I'm the, like, I'm just not a person to be around when shit's hitting the fan <laughs> because I'm so pragmatic about it. I'm so well, hate to say I told you so, which I, I don't do, but yeah, yeah. I find it really difficult to get on board people's troubles when they see them as troubles yeah well because you're just seen in such a different way I do yeah and so it's it's a I'm very unattached that's great though well it, I it is for me but <laughs> yeah. it's not necessarily for you my friend because oh, you've always been pretty good with me yeah but it's um it's like I'm not that typical friend that can go and let you sit in your shit and sit in your shit with you and marinate and get all, you know, worked up about the shit. Like it's just not who I am. I'm yeah. going to, no. I don't, but I don't look, I, I don't know. look for that. Yeah. yeah. I know. I, I wouldn't. No. Yeah. Well, you definitely wouldn't come to me for it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, so I'd when there's. I'd rather know the truth. Yeah. And this is like, um, like if we get onto like on a side note, the victimhood. Yes. Um. Because I sat in a victim energy for such a long time in my life without really recognizing what it was, so easy done. And in my life, I had plenty of reason to be fair to sit in victimhood. You know, if anyone was going to be a victim, I was a proper candidate as much as anyone else. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so it's kind of a, um, a complete unattachment or detachment from victimhood. And so I am never a victim of my circumstance because I create my circumstance and I do it intentionally as much as possible. And when I do have a dis-ease or a a discombobulation in the matrix, 
I know that it's not happening now, so I don't treat it in the now. I immediately am fully aware of, I know when I placed that order, it was Tuesday last week at approximately four o'clock in the afternoon. I think that's the trick is um, reflection. Absolutely. When it happens, don't immediately go, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. it's all gone to shit. Just Mm -hmm. go, hmm, where'd this come from? Mm -hmm. When did I place this order? Mm -hmm. So when you're sitting in the restlessness of the what do I do when there's nothing else to do, there actually is. You just have to look in a different way. And those different things might be, you know, the three of them would be, you know, to get curious um, in, in external perceptions and differences and collaborations and things, um, to go deeper in what you already do and enjoy it and relish in it and um, really sink into it and realize what's wrong with that, what's wrong with indulging in these deeper practices. Sure. Um, and then thirdly, like just think, okay, um, am I really like am I clear on what it is that I want or am I just being impatient and maybe I haven't done all there is to do and maybe what I need to do is reassess and actually really look at myself and think is my ego just determining that I am done yeah yeah um it's so funny just then like it happens all the time on the podcast and spirit because a lot of the time spirit will have something to say and I don't know what it is and so when they say three things Uh I don't know what those three things are until it comes out of my mouth and just keep speaking (laughs) so great that's great thanks spirit sometimes my tummy goes oh I don't know what it's gonna be shit (laughs) Your mouth starts moving and anything yeah, and out of that Oh, God, it's scary sometimes. <laughs> Happens all the time in a reading, but when we're doing yep. it on a podcast, it's different. <laughs> Love it. Anyway. The reflection is super powerful as a tool anytime, isn't it, really? But yeah. Especially if you think that you're at a stop point mm-hmm. looking back to see how you got there. And that's why, awesome. that's why I'm an insatiable learner. That's yeah. why I have 22 books on the go. That's why I have coaches in all different areas. That's why I'm always watching YouTube, listening to podcasts, reading. Like I'm always trying to learn because yeah. I, don't, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Like I always want to be at a point where I don't know yeah. anything. Yeah, teach me. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I like so that. does that answer the question? It does answer. I had another question about what if you're not clear, because I know we talked Mm -hmm. a lot about how clarity is so important to get where you're going, but what about um, there's a lot lot of people who know what they don't want, who know where they've been and they don't want to be there, but they're not exactly sure where they're going. They want to leave themselves open to be a little bit led to follow the certain signs and let it all pan out and figure it out. Um, so if you don't have that clear vision yet you're open to following something so you don't have that clear vision what do you do then well that's a really really big question yeah uh because authenticity is the key there so if you're authentically going to choose to be passive and that's which is what it is not being clear um well not 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 being clear but choosing to just let life unfold, that's living passively. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're going to do that, it better be authentic and and you'd have to know that it was authentic because passive people tend to be freezers. So it's their ego saying, no, I just like to go with the flow. Mm, There's a bit of fear there. Nine times out of ten, it's not. Nine times out of ten, you're self-sabotaging. You're afraid of having a decision to make. You're afraid of expressing your individual self. You're afraid of judgment. There's There's all these reasons to unpack. Correct. So a lot of the time the people that we see who appear to just be so flowy and free, they're not. Yeah. Sorry, but... They're not. It's like avoidance almost. It's spiritual bypassing a spiritual. lot of the time. Yep. If, if they yep. choose to flow spiritually, like if mm-hmm. they choose to do all the flowy, fluffy things. Yeah. Um, and not all flowy, fluffy is. No. I don't want to completely, you know, disregard. But, but maybe that's where people sit if they're not ready or they don't feel ready or maybe don't know how or. Or they just find something that feels good. Yeah. And they want to stay there. Yeah. 
They just like to float. I mean, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to mm-hmm. do. It's like we can go into the ocean and there's people who like to swim in the ocean, like out deep sea ocean. Yeah, ocean you know, swims. Yeah, like from beach to beach, ocean yeah. swimming. Yeah. My granddad loves to do that or wow. loved to. Yeah. But there's people that like that. Then there's people like me who don't want to go where I can't touch the ground. Yeah. But I love the ocean as much as everybody that loves the ocean does. But I don't want to be. I, I have a fear of it taking control, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's only because I drowned. Like it's just a. It's a human thing from this lifetime that I will eventually work more on. But then you've got the people who like to go into the water and surf on top of the water. Yeah. Then you've got the people who like to go in the water and float. And so there's lots of ways that we can interact, choose, yeah. And so it's why you want to do that. And you got to know. Marrying up the expectation. Yeah. Mm. And it's totally okay, mind you, to go, you know what? I am not ready because I did this for years before I released my book. I put other people's suffering or I, I protected other people from their suffering And I handled my suffering. So I put them in front of me and it hurt too much. Like it was killing me. It was destroying me. It was, it was doing so much. And what used to keep me safe and what used to be something that I could manage and handle became something I couldn't anymore. And at what point do you choose self-love and self-acceptance and stop rejecting yourself over others? And that's the ultimate point of life really is self-love. And if everyone learned how to do that, the world's half the world's problems would be more than half the world's problems would be gone. Mm. If people could learn how to choose themselves over everything else, we would never feel the need to run, fight or flight yeah. or freeze. Worry about what everybody else is doing. Correct. And we would all understand each other's love for self and we would never ask someone else to question it because we have our own and we know exactly what the other person is like. You know, we could only dream of a world like that. In fact, it would probably be a little bit scary. It would be weird. It would be very strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's part of the, you know, that's part of the reason why a lot of people find that flow and that passive way through a spiritual relationship or journey because they get to a point where they can say, I love and I accept and I love and I accept and whatever. But there are very few people that I've ever met that are actually doing it um, authentically, not mm. passively. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I suppose if, you, if you're actively choosing to do that, then having the, the realistic expectation that things won't be as clear um, until you address those yeah, that's Things it. Things within yourself and yeah. work on yourself. You mm-hmm. can't look somewhere else and go, look at what they're doing, that's so amazing because they have a completely different outlook, intention, system, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you can usually tell the ones that um, are doing it passively, not authentically, because they're disconnected from um, society or they um, are trying to prove a point or they're preaching to everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, that, okay. Um, or they're protective and defensive of, of their lifestyle and their choices. And you can usually see, like, I, I mean, when I say you can usually, I can usually you see can. it. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm not the only one because I've talked sure. to other people about it before too. Yeah. But um, the other thing with clarity too is that um, quite often when we're fighting, like, you know, I've talked before about, I don't know if I've done it on the podcast, but I know I've done recordings of it before about how um, we can get so caught up in the fight that we forget what we're fighting for. (laughs) I was about to say, you forget what you're even there for. Yeah. And also we can get so caught up in the fight that we actually realise that um, what we like is the fight. Mm. Ooh, that's where you're comfortable because that's all you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, and so we begin to just get hooked on, or not hooked on, but we begin to get self, we begin to self-identify by our ability to be a good fighter. Sure. For whatever it is, whether it's, whether it's for a good cause or, or not, Mm. just fighting is fighting. 
Um, and so sometimes the, the thing that we're fighting for is not the point at all. It's the way we get there that is the point for a lot of people. So when we don't know what our clarity is, maybe it's the journey that that is what you want to experience more than the clarity, in which case, which is where I'm at. That's what I do. I am more about, like, I have clarity within individual goals and things like that. But as a whole, yeah, my clarity is a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And so my journey is governed by or steered by my sovereignty and my sovereignty decides that in my sovereignty, I feel this way. Yeah. Towards so, or away from. Correct. Sure. It's my guiding force. It's yep. my goalposts is a feeling yep. or a collective feeling, mm-hmm. which I describe as fulfilled. And does this get me closer to that feeling or does it make me feel that way? And the feeling, that that collective feeling, the fulfilled feeling, that is something that I have consciously, deliberate and intentionally made sure is authentic. So I set my authentic feeling yep. and I move towards that as often as I possibly can. So I choose situations, people, things that move closer to that yeah. rather than opposite. And so it helps me keep my clarity because there's not noise and fog and weeds and that's that's something that we can all uh try as well yeah because a lot of people talk about their gut feeling and something Mm -hmm. either feels good or not good and rather than try and sit there and figure out why exactly that is go with the good (laughs) yeah because and that and that's the that's the abilities it's all it's just living intuitively yeah so you've got your you've got your north star you've got your fulfilled feeling and then you're in because I'm just like everybody else I have shit come up all the time sure yeah um it's just that and I don't always make the right decision yep you know I don't and so I'll see a repeat pattern but the minute that I notice a repeat pattern I'm on it yeah because and eliminate awareness yeah of what's going on uh-huh. and everything leads to a reaction yeah. or a result yeah so and I don't get it right every that? time because I'm human and well, I don't expect myself I know yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't expect myself to get it right. Yep. Plus, if I was getting it right all the time, it would mean that every everyone around me would would be manipulated, not manipulated by me in a negative way, like in a controlling way, but everyone else's life would be, I would be the epicenter kind of thing. It would impact gravitate. on everybody yeah. else's free will. Yep. Kind of. Yeah. And that's not what I'm about. No. But I'm in the present. So it's arrives in the present and what is here, I assess very quickly. But this is learned. Like this is over time. This is experience. This is life that I've lived. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not something that everyone should expect from themselves overnight. And that's the other thing too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got years left to live on this planet. So I want to, I want to fuck up. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I want, I want life to be interesting. I want sure. opportunities to be expanded and cracked open and I welcome it, but yes. I want to make sure that the way I do it is not asleep. I do it awake and I do it seeing it for what it is, not what my ego tells me it is. And I do it to get to growth rather than contraction. Yeah. So I'm all about expansion, not contraction. Cause yeah. I lived 32 years contracting. And the times when I expanded, they were the things that I have now that are my non-negotiables, you know, motherhood and marrying Matt and all those things. Like there are times that were the hardest decisions of my life, physically, mentally, and emotionally that I have been through. And they're the things that now are the greatest things that I've ever done. Yeah. It's the intentionality behind it all Mm. and seeing it for what it is. Yeah. And choosing to see it for what it is. Mm -hmm. And you can change that perspective of what they are. Yeah. You can. That's where trauma healing comes in. Yeah. It's lots of healing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of healing. Mm-hmm. So clarity is a, is a big one, but ultimately at its core, my, my, um, my number one goal as a mentor or a teacher or a guide or a healer is to get to what is your clarity. Like we need to determine your clarity and the best way to do that is to get you authentic. And so before you can have clarity, there's some work to do. Yeah. And that work is usually what people don't want to do or they don't know how to. And that's obviously when you're talking about the people that you teach, that that's the people 
that have chosen themselves to be ready enough to engage with you and they're coming to you. So, again, it's not, you know, all our listeners may not be ready for that. But absolutely, talking from the people that you're working with that mm-hmm. clearly are. Yep. So, yeah, that, you know, there's no pressure on anyone there. Just take no. a little look at where you're at. And obviously if you're listening, you're at least curious. <laughs> yes, you're doing all the right things. Yeah. Yeah. So go and you. Yeah. And divine time and divine order is a thing. Yeah. There are a lot of people on the planet that are waking up, so to speak. And that's amazing and it's beautiful to see and it's beautiful to like witness and to be a part of the collective, but not everyone will. Yeah. And that's beautiful too, because we need dark and light. We need the yin and the yang. We need the balance. We need divine order includes balance. Yeah. And so where there is thousands of people waking up every day, there are also thousands to those thousands that will stay sleeping. That's how it is. And that's okay. Yeah. And I'm not here to shove it down everybody's throat to say, you must wake up in this life because <laughs> not everyone must. Not everyone has chosen to in this life. Yeah. Cool. It's the divine order and the divine time. Yep. Love it. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel satisfied with that. Good. I think we're going to move across now to a listener question. Okay, so our listener question slash correspondence comes to us today from Fiona. And Fiona is actually Lisa from Turns Out It's Haunted's friend. Oh, hi Fiona. And so in Turns Out It's Haunted news, we are coming back with that, with Lisa. Tracy's going to be recording with Lisa really soon. Mm-hmm. And we will be doing some releases within this channel. So yeah. just keep an eye out and we'll announce it when it's out. Is there a little bonus toey? Yeah. That's what I call it, toey. Toey. <laughs> so weird. There's Tosp, Tosor and toey. <laughs> so hi, Lisa. And thank you, Fiona. So this is what Fiona writes. Hi, Tracy and Laura. My question was prompted by your episode about haunted hospitals on Turns Out It's Haunted. 11 years ago at North Gosford Private Hospital, my last child was born. A day or two later, I was woken by a voice which clearly instructed me, saying, tell it to go away. I opened my eyes to see a white mist in my room, which disappeared. I think I told it to go away, maybe mentally. My question is, what were they telling me to get rid of and who was telling me to do it? I do have photos from inside this hospital room somewhere here at home and I remember there are orbs that are visible in these photos. I have heard that there are spirits present in many maternity wards. Regards, Fiona. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Fiona. Great question. Nice, concise email. (laughs) Yes, and she couldn't uh, locate those photos because they're on a digital drive on a computer that... Oh, that happened to us. Yeah. So it's just a matter of engaging with someone to do it. But do we ever do it? No. No. We just got those big hard drive things just sitting everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that they're there. Yeah. (laughs) Someone needs to come up with a better way to do that. Anyway. 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 Anywho, do you get anything on that? I get a couple of things. Um, I can't get who they're saying to tell it. Like I can't – I can – understand who it is that's saying tell it to go away but I don't know who it is that they're telling to go away oh fascinating um and who it is that's saying tell it to go away are um two uh well one is like a um what I want to call like a matron looking so she the there's two women so these two spirit women spirits one of them looks like they're wearing a uniform that puts them in some kind of superiority to the other one Uh like the other one looks like a junior of that one although they're very similar in age looking like one's not really older she's just more superior I don't know. Um, And I think they're only doing that just to help me understand their roles as opposed to who they really are. Um, But they, um, they patrol the maternity ward. They also patrol other areas like ICU, um, but particularly the maternity ward for when new babies are born because it's like they're the gatekeepers or the keepers of the energy for the babies. So they um, ward off vampire spirits. So oh. like like um, spirits that will take energy from the newborn experience. 
um, which would come from other areas in the hospital. Yeah. Spirits that are stuck, spirits that are trying to tell their story. Um, looking for energy. Looking for energy. And at, at birth and death is when that energy is most uh, available. Like wow. it's it's like a free-for-all. It's like a – it's like a – it opens up um, like – not port. It opens up, kind of. Um, so the veils thinner. Uh, no, Different. it's um, it's more like a a surplus of energy okay. that, like, is a free radical energy. Like, it's like a free energy that comes out okay. because it's pure and it's bliss. Wow. Um, and it's where um the two. Well, it's not the well. I guess the veils a bit thinner, but it's um. It's like a gush. Yeah, it's like the portals open. Yeah, sure. Um, so there's there's it's it's a free for all kind of thing. So these midwives slash nurses were telling someone else to go away. Yes. Or the the superior one was telling the junior one to tell it to go away. Yep. Ah, is that were they the white mist or was the yeah they were the white mist they were the white yeah. mist. Ah. Yeah, white mists are always good. So they must have. <clears throat> Done a good job. They must have told it to go away. Yeah, they're pretty good yeah. at what they do. Cool. They're everywhere. Yeah. These these types of spirits that are protecting. I think we've actually covered one like that before. That it sounds really familiar. Maybe. Um. Yeah, it's very, very, very common. It's beautiful. Yeah. There's also um. <clears throat> why is this coming back from? I don't know where I'm recalling this from. But there, there was an old man that was um, a, like an obstetrician mm. um, who delivered babies all the way up until he's like until he was as old as he possibly could. Um, and I'm trying to think of where that was. I can't remember what it is or where it was. Sorry, um, but I remember the building being like a castle. So. Uh, like the hospital was like a really old hospital. Oh, now I know. So um, when I was 21, um, I had appendicitis and oh, okay. um, I was living in Bondi and it was the same, it was Anzac Day and the streets were closed around that area for the Anzac Day march through the city. And the ambulance was supposed to take me to... Um, to um, the hospital at Ramwick, Prince of Wales, Prince of Wales, and they were clo- like they they weren't accepting any more ambulances or whatever, and so they had to close this. They had to stop the march so my ambulance could go through to Sydney Eye Hospital, yeah. is where I got rerouted to. And in Sydney Eye Hospital, which is if no one's it's ever really been, old oh, it's really old. It's like um, it's scary like it is yeah it's really 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 old um and it's old inside like it's not just old on the outside it's old inside (laughs) it's like nothing new has been done but we're going back 20 years ago as well so I don't know what they've done now but um it was in there so I had I my my appendix ended up um needing to come out and I was there for a few days because I had a pretty bad infection because of it and um I remember coming out of my anesthetic and I am terrible when I get put under because I have really low blood pressure naturally. So when I wake up, I'm in and out and I vomit and I'm not fun. So I have to stay usually in for a bit of observation and whatever. Anyway, so it was in that period of kind of delirium. I don't know if you've ever had it, but it's like a delirium when you're in that kind of unconscious conscious. Yeah. Um, And um, there was a lady that was in the same kind of room as me who uh, like a human lady was who she had actually there yeah, yeah she was actually yeah. there I know I had to, like a human lady yeah. um and she had just given birth oh, and okay. so she was up there for whatever reason recovery I can't even remember yeah but um she was in the recovery and she was talking about um a male spirit hmm. who she swear she saw and she's just like it might have been my grandfather oh, or okay. at the birth of my child and we've named him like he, this my son's middle name is oh and um, I remember it being uh, an old man that was an obstetrician and I just, I just said to her, uh-uh. Yeah. Oh. 
wrong. No, it's obstetrician. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember like back then, I remember looking into um, who this might have been, like when I got home and did some research, but you know, Google and stuff like that didn't really exist. So it was very difficult. So I was looking at like old newspapers and stuff like that, which I didn't really find anything. But I remember him being an old obstetrician. He wore very thick black glasses. Like the rim was really, really, really thick and they were like Coke bottle glasses. Um, And he was short and he was hunched over and he reminded me of, there's an actor who he reminds me of, um, who's actually a female, but, but it's like he would be the, the, the he version of she, um, She's in um, Matilda. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So cool. um, he also did the same thing. So he was very protective of that special period of time okay. where the babies are born and they know that there's like amp- energy vampires around and he would come and just tell them to shoo. Just shoo, 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 shoo. Yeah, cock lock. Shoo, 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 shoo. Love yeah. that. Long story about it, but I was trying to remember all of the memories where that I was it came having. From. Yeah. So would he have had a strong presence there because that was the building he worked likely. in back in the yeah, day? Yeah, likely. That would have been his place. Whoa, yeah. so cool. Um, but going back to Fiona's thing with all the orbs and things as yeah. well, I encourage people to look, not so much these days, but I encourage people to look at um, photos of like people our age, like maybe in their 30s and 40s and even older if you've got photos, like old Polaroids and stuff. Yeah. Have a look at them. Photos. Have a yep. look at them. Like if you've got old photo, old photo albums, get them out and just see whether you can see any orbs or weird shadows that just wouldn't, you just wouldn't have thought. And now go back and look at them and see them now. Yeah. Cause in a lot of, <laughs> yeah, in a lot of my photos from when I was young, they're everywhere. I can imagine. They're in every photo. Yeah, of course. But back then you don't really think of, like I didn't, but back then I'm sure my parents and people didn't think, think twice about it. Yeah. So cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that, Fiona, and thanks, Tracy. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. As usual, mm-hmm. <laughs> Stacey Tracy. <laughs> and then Tracy trying to pull back a message from 20 years ago yeah, in, in the files. We got there. Mm. <laughs> it was cool. mm-hmm. And it's all very it. groggy, that, that those memories. It would be. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been at the time, let alone now. Mm. You did good. <laughs> did good. Did good. Uh, well, take care. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you later. Bye. We love bringing Turns Out She's Psychic to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, we'll send you out some Tosby tattoos. We'll give you a Patreon shout-out on the podcast. There's a monthly live Q&A, competitions and giveaways, as well as special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com we welcome your ghost stories and any questions that you have for myself or tracy and we'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your friends and family and give us a follow on insta at turns out underscore she's psychic bye-bye bye